Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Hey, good evening, everyone. It's CJ. Uh, it is Monday evening, February the 6th, and uh, just truly excited to be uh, delivering a, a live stream uh, discussion discussion today for, you know, just something of the the extreme importance. And and I hope, you know, before we jump in this discussion, if you could, you know, do me a favor as we get more live listeners joining in, you know, do me a favor, share this. Uh, please share this conversation. It's just uh, the extreme importance is right now we raise awareness in regards to uh, this event, and um, we have some some very distinguished and, and guests that I'm truly honored to have uh, on our program uh, tonight. And so I want to introduce our guest for tonight. Uh, we have uh, Nick uh, Brana, who is the coordinator, one of the chief coordinators of Rage Against the War Machine event. Uh, he is also the uh, national chair of the People's Party, and he's also a former national political outreach coordinator for Bernie 2016. Uh, we also have Diane uh, Sayre here with us, who's a musician, activist, uh, independent candidate for U.S. Senate uh, 2024, a, re a repeat guest. So I uh, want to welcome you both and thank you for joining in the conversation. And also thank you for your, the work that you're doing in regards to the, the effort put forth with the Rage Against the War Machine. So uh, thank you both. Great to be with you, CJ. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Yep. So let's let let's jump into it um, because you know again um, you know as as the uh, event and and I truly think that we're 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 making history with our efforts and what I mean by that is that right now there's really not much of a uh, anti-war coalition that's uh, existing in in Washington D.C. and I think it's one of those times that that we as Americans really need to uh, not not only Americans but the world needs to put. You know, mm -hmm. politics excite, excite for the the greater benefit of humanity. And when I look at this event, I think it's one of those things. So I thought what we could do is Nick is just kind of share your thoughts on on you know why you helped create this event, what it means to you. Um, so so I'm going to yield the floor to you, Nick. So go for it. Yeah, I mean, well, we got together with the Libertarian Party back in the summer of last year, and we started talking about the things we agree with, things we disagree with. We did a podcast together. Um, it was a great conversation. You know, we found that there's a substantial number of things that we disagree with economics, government, uh, but we had very strong agreement in the area of opposing war. Uh, and uh, as this conflict in Ukraine has just continued and continued and continued to escalate, and it's become an open world war acknowledged by uh, Ukraine, the Ukrainian defense minister, the Russians consider it essentially a war of NATO against Russia. Uh, Ukraine openly says it's fighting for NATO. Uh, Germany says it's at war with Russia. And so we said, this is, uh, this is appalling. 
and we're risking complete nuclear annihilation on top of how horrible it is already that hundreds of thousands of people probably are dying. It's so hard to get reliable estimates that, and there's no anti-war movement at this time. You know, there were hundreds of thousands of people opposing in the streets, opposing the Vietnam War, the Iraq War, but it's been an, almost a year and there's no mass demonstration, no mass organizing against this war. And we said somebody has to take a stand and it's not the Democrats and Republicans because this war is completely bipartisan, 100 billion, 115 billion to Ukraine on top of the massive $800 billion military budget. And so it's got to be independent parties, you know, and independent organizations that are going to lead the way. And that's how it started um, as Rage Against the War Machine. And I'm very proud of the group that we've been able to bring together from across the political spectrum, across left and right. Tulsi Gabbard just joined us. And when she joined us, she said, um, I'm joining because this is exactly what needs to happen right now is that people of all kinds of political backgrounds need to come together and oppose the war machine and oppose the threat of nuclear war. Nick, very, very well said. I, I agree with everything you just said. So, uh, you know, thank you for that. Uh, Diane, I know you're one of the spokesperson that's going to be there for the uh, the big event. I know that I'm very familiar in terms of uh, some of the things that you discussed. So I want to give you the opportunity to share what this event means to you at this time in this period that we are in history uh, right now, Diane. So go for it. Well, thank you. I can say as a candidate, former candidate, that I think is the most dangerous is the severing of the relationship between the people and their representative government. I think that's why it's so urgent that people show up on the 19th. Somehow this Congress just authorizes, we've been saying over $100 for weapons in Ukraine, and the American people don't uh, we have people burning to death in fires in the Bronx. We have flood drought in Texas. Uh, we could spend $100 billion on infrastructure in the United States that would make a huge improvement in people's standard of living. And we're not able somehow to hold our elected officials and they feel that they don't have to listen to us. So many of us, including Nick, including myself, have including people like Jose Vega and others who've become quite notorious, have intervened on our representatives and town hall meetings, but we need to show them more. We need a real show of force in Washington against. And I also think it's important for us to organize our neighbors because I don't think many people realize how dangerous it is. We're finding that a lot of younger people actually believe that you would not die in a nuclear war. And we're getting public service in, in New York City. They put out an official public service announce, go inside, close the doors and listen to the radio. And if you happen to be outside, a nuclear bomb goes off, don't worry, just get inside and take off. Get it, deft. Um, taking a bus tonight in New Jersey saw an of how to survive radiation. What if, I mean, this really, and might be one of the reasons why people are relatively silent in the face of the danger. And the point isn't just to make people ter terrified, 
but to scare them into action because the truth is mankind has to be at a much better place than we are right now. And unfortunately, the government of the United States is playing a very evil, I will say evil role. And Nick mentioned the hundreds of thousands of people have died. We're using the people of Ukraine as proxies for a war with Russia. And they've lost, I don't know, I've heard estimates 130,000 to 300. 50,000 so yes the Russians are losing people too not as many all of this was totally avoidable so I think um, I'm really pleased to be a part of it it is urgently needed Americans need a way to have a voice and they need to not be afraid of associating people with whom they might have a disagreement yeah, very, very well said. I mean, I think if you take a look at just the human tragedy that's that's uh, unfolding, the uh, the uh, loss of life uh, that's occurring, and to think that uh, that the uh, United States, our, our tax dollars, that that uh, you know, that we're culpable in in uh, those crimes that are being uh, committed right now, it's 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 truly a shame. And and uh, I'm glad that when I looked across the uh, the list of speakers that are participating, that this is something that's really transcending across uh, politics and, and, and peace should be peace, humanity, uh, care for, for each other is one of those things that, that, that we should, we should be able to come together and, you know, have a unifying voice against something that's just so important. I want to play just a, a soundbite because it's just so powerful. And he's one of the speakers uh, that's going to be at the event at the Rage Against the War Machine event. And I'm not sure if either one of you both probably have already caught this and listened to this. And this is Jimmy Dore, and he had a very powerful message on Tucker Carlson. So I want to play this because I think it's a message that uh, came from the heart, and it's just something that I think everyone needs to hear because it's it's just it's crazy how already that they're kind of shifting the 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 crosshairs of war from Ukraine to China, thinking that we can instantly pivot and 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 plan two years out and get ready for an escalation with China. So. Want to bring this in and and play this because again, it's, I think it's just you know very very powerful of what he had to say. Xi Jinping secured his third term and set his work council in October 2022. Taiwan's presidential elections are in 2024 and will offer Xi a reason. U.S. presidential elections are in 2024 and will offer Xi a distracted America. Xi's team, reason and opportunity are all aligned for 2025. So what should we take of this again? You can be deeply skeptical, in fact, hostile toward China and still be worried about going to war with China. Jimmy Dore is the host of The Jimmy Dore Show. He joins us tonight to assess. Jimmy, what do you, should, should we be paying attention to a memo like this? What do you think it means? Uh, what I think it means is that the United States is trying to provoke and sable ratter with another nuclear power, right? This is what we were supposed to be afraid of what's going to happen with Donald Trump, right? We couldn't have, he's a crazy man who's going to have his finger on the nuclear button. And now we have Demented Joe who is saber rattling with two nuclear powers and they get the corporate media sponsored by the military industrial complex to get Americans to cheer it on. And why do Americans cheer it on? Because they have no idea what's actually happening with their foreign policy. And what's worse right. is they 
have no yeah. idea that they have no idea <laughs> that they don't have any idea what's happening with their foreign <laughs> policy. We have 400 military bases surrounding China since the Korean War. Do we really think that China is getting ready to invade the United States? Because I tell you, they're not. They make everything we use in the United States. Why? Because the same people who want this war are the same people who took the good jobs that are manufacturing jobs in America, turned them into low paying crappy jobs and then shipped them to China. And then we get angry at them for the system that we set up if they're so corrupt, because that's the thing. Americans have no idea how corrupt their government is. They think our government's just regular corrupt, like, oh, Trump gave his son a job or Biden gave his kid a no a no show job in the Ukraine board. That's not the whole thing is corrupt. The eight hundred billion dollar military budget is eight hundred billion dollars of corruption. Why do we have to have eight, nine hundred military bases around? We're the ones provoking this war, just like we provoked the war in Ukraine. We are now provoking a war with China. And what who who benefits? I'll tell you right now. Your enemy is not China. Your enemy is not Russia. Your enemy is the military industrial complex, which has been fleecing this country to the tunes of hundreds of billions and trillions of dollars. How many times are we going to have a defense secretary say, hey, we can't account for two trillion dollars in the Pentagon again, that like, which has happened twice now in my lifetime. So, again, people are being uh, uh, the, the war machine cannot be stopped. Who's running this country? The war machine. It certainly isn't Joe Biden making these decisions. I would like to know who is making the decisions. And I just want to remind everybody, the United States is the world's terrorists. We just set the Middle East on fire in the last 20 years. And now we're doing a proxy war in Ukraine, which we provoked, NATO provoked, and was just admitted that we provoked it by the former prime minister of Germany. And now we're trying to sable rattle with, with China and they're predicting a war. Again, China's not going to invade us. China's not our enemy. They, we might have an economic war. That's what these are. These are economic wars. These are wars right. for in Ukraine. It's about liquefied natural gas and making sure Germany and Russia never come together because we fear Russia's uh, natural resources and manpower. And we fear them getting together with Germany with their technology and their capital. And so that's why we blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. That's why we're doing the Ukraine war. This is all about hegemony, imperialism and economic economics. And if there's a Marine somewhere, it's there because they're about to steal some natural resources from another country. As everybody's screaming about what a bad guy Putin is for invading Ukraine, the United States is currently occupying a third of Syria. And which third is that? It's the third that has the oil. And how do I know we're there to steal their oil? Because the president of the United States said so. <laughs> I'll remove it right there. Um, very powerful there, uh, Nick. What are you, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> I mean, he's, he's completely right, and uh, you know, he made this point on Twitter also about who else uh, is going to have him on to say that message. You know, only Jimmy can go on Fox News and uh, reveal the fact that the U.S. is the world's terrorist. You know, starting uh, wars in country after country after country in the Middle East, in Afghanistan, in Iraq, in Syria, in Libya, in Ukraine, and you know, um, uh, in Yugoslavia, and uh, and and have the audience uh, love him, you know, for that, and have you know, and have the audience absolutely, you know, uh, uh, agree. You know, where is this message on CNN? Where is this message on MSNBC? Where's the rest of the mainstream media that is telling the truth? No, everybody is in a fog, permanent fog of war because none of the mainstream media will actually tell you what's going on. Like Diane was getting at, 
there are like young people have almost no idea of what's going on. Like college age kids, I speak to people on college campuses who support us, no idea what's going on, you know, in this war, or if they do have any idea, it's like the, you know, uh, CIA Pentagon uh, propaganda view. So, you know, that, that is something that it, I'm so glad that he went on and he delivered that message. Jimmy's going to be speaking, of course. We have a lot of amazing other speakers, three former members of Congress, now four actually, because Cynthia McKinney's going to send in a video um, along with uh, Ron Paul, Tulsi Gabbard, Dennis Kucinich. So, you know, this is exactly why we have to go to the heart of the war machine, to the Lincoln Memorial on February 19th, and we have to rage against the war machine and march to the White House and take our demands right to Joe Biden because nothing other than direct action is going to end this at this point. Yeah, um, I, I, I completely agree. <clears throat> a little bit of humor in, into our conversation tonight. So I was uh, listening to the Jimmy Dore show, I think the night after he was on Tucker, and he was kind of angry at himself because like, I had my, my list of notes in front of me and darn it, and Tucker like cut away so fast and I, and I completely forgot to promote the event. <laughs> And yes. his talking points. So he, you know, obviously he did it in his, in his show to share. Uh, but I think uh, that that conversation, we've played that now for Rogue and our audience probably two or three times that we we played that message. And and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe that Jimmy Dore is probably more more uh, liberal. Not that I want to bring politics at all into the conversation, but I again just getting back to the original message that you know unifying people, unifying people to understand the threat uh, that is there. Uh, Diane, I know you do a significant amount of work talking about uh, about the threat, the real threats that's there with the Schiller Institute. Uh, also, a lot of uh, interview, great interviews that you've done with Scott Ritter, et cetera. So, uh, Diane, what's your your biggest message that, that you want to share in regards to the seriousness that we're facing right now in terms of a potential for for a major escalation of, of war? Well, I think it starts from people have to know history. And they would understand that Russia cannot afford to lose. Sorry about the dog. No, it's fine. It's fine. Okay. Um, that there's historical reasons. Napoleon and Hitler and Putin said this when they began the special military operation, that they were not going to go through another Operation Barbarossa. You have to realize that one out of six Russians died in World War II. So what do you think it means to a Russian to have German tanks coming into Ukraine to fight Russia on the side of Nazi groups like the Azov Battalion and others who think that Russians and Jews and Poles are subhuman and, you know, worship Stepan Bandera and have tattoos of Adolf Hitler. Uh, They have no idea what they're unleashing. Uh, and then for the British, and, and I would say this came up in an interview I did yesterday. What about NATO? What is NATO? NATO doesn't represent the people or the nations in it. NATO is serving a financial oligarchy based in the city of London and Wall Street. And that's why we as Americans have so much responsibility for this. It's not, this has sort of taken over our government. How is it that we have so many monopolies? How is it that there's only, I don't know, five or six families who own all the mainstream or corporations that own all the mainstream news media? How is it that Amazon has so much power to not only sell everything, but steal all your personal data and collaborate with the CIA? Uh, We have become a, a kind of a corporate state 
as opposed to a representative state. And that's what NATO represents. So no one should be under the delusion that they somehow are representing the security interest or securing something, protecting the people or the nations that they claim to represent. And I think that a lot of people are under that illusion. And then there's a lot of people who are just so busy trying to survive thanks to the hyperinflation and the shortages of food and energy and various things that um, they don't feel that they have time to do the amount of work it would take to dig through all the lies in the mainstream press to find out what's actually going on. And that's also why it's very important that people speak up. People will listen to a friend. They'll listen to someone they know. People need to become versed and uh, recruit others. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, it just, when, when you look at the uh, the DC establishment, it's just it's just a shame that we don't see a any type of a sign of any type of uh, anti-war uh, coalition, you know, people who are, are really wanting to to defund this, you know, there's, 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 in my opinion, lip service that's being delivered in regards to what what they say. Um, time will tell in regards to the next round of, of funding of, of spending. Uh, but we know that the the neocons the the neoliberals are, are willing to basically wage this war and they've openly stated to the to the, the last last death of the last Ukrainian soldier. It's such a shame that this is uh, uh, this is happening right now, especially in the modern age that we're in. Right. If this was, you know, 50, 100 years ago, but we're in a modern age where we should be able to have open conversation, understanding what's about one of the, the things that Jimmy said through this conversation was that I think it's important for people to understand is that that uh, we have a saying at, at Rogue that every war is a banker's war. Every war is a banker's war. And it, and it, and it truly is. So understanding that the world reserve currency if you look throughout history and the timeline of, of world reserve currency status it, it shifts and and i believe the dollar is probably 25 plus years past that expiration date of what's occurred and and if you look at what's happening in ukraine it, it is a continuation of wanting to continue uh u.s hegemony and and and, and preserve the dollar as the world reserve currency uh, but unfortunately the rest of the world is moving on the rest of the world are the adults who are understanding and and you know every bit of the the uh, efforts to curtail uh russia has just completely had a boomerang effect where you know now they're they're doing fine they've every bit of the efforts has really made them a stronger country not only in in their military but in their economics you know really kind of isolating not necessarily isolating but just really kind of preserving where they can move forward through this this change and so again just getting back to the the message around uh, the 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 anti-war party, the the rage against the war machine. Uh, what what are what are some things that I think I get asked a lot? Like, what else can we do? What what else should we be doing as individuals? And I think when I saw this event flash across the first time I saw, I'm like, this is it. Like, people want to know what they can do to actively get involved and and participate and have a voice. This is it. Nick, jump into it. So share about your event. What, what are some of the things you have planned for that day? Um, I'm super excited about it. So so please, please, I, I yield the floor to you. Please go for it. Sure thing. I mean, I'll, I'll say that um, in terms of what people can do, first of all, yes, everybody should come out to Washington, D.C. to participate in this uh, because we have to 
uh, make a show of force against the military industrial establishment. We have to make a show of force against this war, against NATO, against the CIA, you know, against uh, empire. And this is our chance to do it. This is our chance also to do something that absolutely terrifies the establishment. And that is to come together across left and right, like Tulsi Gabbard said when she joined us, and to and to oppose the war machine because it's not a left and right issue. And so on that day, what we're going to be doing is we are going to be rallying at the Lincoln Memorial starting at 1230. We'll be there till about 330. And then we are going to march to the White House. After that, we're going to have events going on. We've got a screening of uh, Revealing Ukraine. Um, we'll have uh, other events going on uh, that night as well. And so encourage everybody to come out. But, you know, even if you can't make it or even beyond the action, and we want this action to be actually a starting place. After this, you know, four or five weeks from now, we want to have another day of action where we tell everybody, you're here now in Washington, D.C. We're gathered together, you know, at the Lincoln Memorial, at the White House, rallying against the war machine. But four or five weeks from now, we're going to come together in another day of action. And we're all going back to our congressional districts. And in your congressional district, you're going to organize during that four or five weeks. And then you are going to hold a protest at another protest at your member of Congress's congressional district office at their, you're going to go protest at their house. You're going to protest them directly. You're going to do a sit-in uh, in their office, in their congressional district office. You're going to get the attention of their constituents. You're going to call, demand that they join you at a town hall. Citizens are going to call them to a town hall to discuss this issue. And we're going to escalate the pressure on them. This isn't going to be just a one-off event because this needs to be the, the rebirth of the anti-war movement. That's what we're seeing right now with this event. And this event is a launch pad for that to happen. But even before and between that and after that, something you can do is something that uh, Jose and uh, Keenan and Anastasia and so many others with the Schiller Institute have done and people at the People's Party have also done. And that is go actually confront your member of Congress, call them out, call out these officials, these warmongering officials at their events, disrupt their events, you know, get in front of them and then post it to social media because people, that's what they want to see. They want to see people with the courage of their convictions going up to those people and delivering that message directly. You're not going to just go along business as usual when you're threatening to annihilate us all. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. Uh, Diane, you have a, a big audience um, that day, and I'm sure you're probably already actively thinking about your thoughts. Uh, I can't imagine as a speaker getting up there and, and the emotions that will be there for the, for your yourself that day. Uh, and do you want to give us a, a preview of, of what your thoughts will be for that day to the audience? I hate to put you on a spot like that, but <laughs> not asking well, for a speaker. I know, you know, because there's so many speakers, it will have to be very brief. And the challenge, I think, is to be think like Abraham Lincoln, you know, in the Gettysburg Address. How can you get across something really profound that uplifts people that's not the same? I'm counting on various of the speakers to deliver on what they're experts in. Uh, you know, Scott Ritter in terms of military, uh, Jimmy Dore hopefully will bring up some ironic, biting, humorous truths. 
uh, some of the others like Tulsi Gabbard, who's military, but also former Congress, former presidential candidate. Um, everybody's coming from a different perspective. Uh, so hopefully we each bring something unique that makes reality accessible to a larger and larger number of people. One thing I would like to try to impart is the potential. I think one of the reasons why people might miss how evil this is, is they don't have in mind how mankind actually should be living. They're not aware of the extraordinary developments in the rest of the world. And I, I should add right now, um, I mean, you see the ugly in terms of this horrific earthquake that has hit Turkey and Syria with devastating force. And Great point. Yes. I say ugly because we have sanctions on Syria. We're stealing their wheat and their fuel. They haven't been able to rebuild. Places like Japan don't lose thousands of lives in earthquakes now, apart from something horrific like that giant tsunami. Uh, but because they build infrastructure to with withstand earthquakes, as we try to do in California. Syria, Turkey, they're not able to afford to do that. So I think we have to have in mind how mankind should be living. Why do we still have 2 billion people without clean drinking water? Why aren't we greening the deserts? Why don't we have trains in the United States that go 600 miles an hour through vacuum tunnels? You know, it's frankly a little, Americans should be embarrassed to know Nigeria is going to have high-speed rail before we do. Um, and I think I, I want to do that because sometimes I think you have to have in mind what the solution is before you find the strength to face the problem. So these are some of my thoughts. And don't worry, Nick, it's going to be very brief. <laughs> <laughs> that was the, the cost of having so many amazing people. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a um, quite a, a a group of talented individuals uh, with um, you know just you know some ama amazing messages. I'm sure they'll share that day. But uh, Nick, you said something I think that's that's very important, and is that this is a beginning, right? And and I've participated in events like this before, where you go for the day, everyone's all excited, you deliver the message, and you walk away, and you're patting yourselves on the back, and we feel good about what was done, and then what happens from there. So I'm, I'm I'm excited when you said you know we're already thinking the next stage. This is this is the beginning. There's some things that we're going to do tangible items post this event to really forge things ahead uh, to really regain a, an anti-war party or anti-war coalition within within the United States. Which you know not sure where it went or, or or how that happened, but it's but it's no longer there. And if I think if there's anything, and I said this at the beginning, if there's anything that transcends across party line. It's about, about the, the needless loss of, of life, about, you know, preserving our families and, 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 and looking out for our, our own interest uh, versus the, the threat of, of an escalation. So um, uh, Nick, if you want to real quick, if you want to share how people can get involved and then also by all means, I have the links in the description as in regards to the uh, Twitter page, the Instagram, Instagram page as well. So if you could uh, just share uh, more information about the event and how people can participate, that'd be great. Yeah, come join us, you know, February 19th at the Lincoln Memorial, of course. Uh, the website is rageagainstwar.com. Uh, 
Also, we need your help uh, with contributions. If you can make a contribution, you know, we uh, want to afford the best equipment. We want uh, uh, Jumbotron. We want an iMag camera that's going to project the speaker onto the Jumbotron, massive rally speakers. But all of that is very expensive to put together. Also very expensive to um, do things like uh, the flyering, you know, everything else uh, that it takes to bring attention to this. We're going to wheat paste around D.C. Uh, was just talking with Max Blumenthal about that uh, and another friend who's really good at wheat pasting. So we're going to, you know, get the attention out, out or all around the city. Um, so all of that takes resources and we need everybody's help contributing to that, uh, you know, in addition to coming to the rally. Uh, like you've shared, I'm really glad you're putting it up, CJ. We have a resources page. Uh, which it's, uh, there's transportation, uh, there's hotel room blocks, there's sister rallies across the country, um, there is the event schedule, there's graphics you can share on social media. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of uh, things there to help you get to the rally um, or help you participate, uh, uh, join a sister rally if, uh, if you won't be able to make it to Washington, D.C. But it is important, you know, critical that we get as many people as possible in Washington, D.C., because this is our stand. You know, the establishment is watching uh, what we're doing. Of course, the military industrial complex is watching what we're doing. There are fissures at the highest level of government over what to do about this. You had the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mark Milley, who was saying, you know, essentially there's no way Ukraine's going to win. Uh, we need to uh, negotiate now. Um, there are, and then, of course, there's the people like, uh, uh, the people on the National Security Council, uh, the Secretary of State, Secretary of Defense, you know, uh, these Biden appointees and Biden himself, who are even more wong, more wong, more mongering than uh, than the generals at the Pentagon, which is kind of uh, unbelievable. But, you know, we need to show the military industrial deep state that they don't have a blank check uh, in 1971. Hundreds of thousands of people came to Washington, D.C., and they surrounded the White House. They surround, you know, they we went to the National Mall. They were there for a couple weeks, May Day 1971, protesting the Vietnam War. And they actually prevented Nixon from dropping atomic bombs and starting potentially a nuclear war uh, because, as Nixon said, he feared that if he did that, that if he escalated, if he nuked Vietnam, uh, that in fact, those people who were outside the White House, you know, which he had ringed with school buses and machine gun turrets and brought the military to protect it. He said he feared that if he did that, if he continued or escalated the war, if he didn't end it, that those people who had outside the White House would actually not be content to remain outside the White House, that they would take the White House. Yeah. And so, you know, that's that actually ended the Vietnam War, uh, as Chris Hedges says. Uh, uh, you have the establishment has to be afraid of you as the people. Hmm. And so they need to be afraid of us. They need to know that we are done losing our civil liberties. We are done sending billions of dollars to Ukraine. We are done with people being homeless, not having health care, not having enough to eat in this country. While there's a conveyor belt of money going to Ukraine to fight a war that is potentially going to go nuclear 
that is funding Nazis in that country. Mm. That's what we have to communicate to the establishment. That's what this event is going to communicate because otherwise they, what they take from this situation is that there is no opposition to war in this country and they have a blank check to march us right into the abyss. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was there. That was very powerful. I, I completely agree. We can, you know, we can do better in this country, not only for, for our, our veterans from the, for the, the homelessness, there's, so many things that we could have uh, leveraged and made a huge impact for society uh, with with the, uh, the 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 trillions upon trillions of dollars that we've we've spent uh, recklessly over the last several years, and of which I can't account for year after year. Which I don't I don't see how that happens, but I guess it um, it's part of, part of the status quo for for DC. Uh, Diane, your 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 closing thoughts, please. And uh, you know, I want to again uh, thank you both so much for your efforts uh, with this. Um, Perhaps I know the time window is short before the event, but, you know, if there's a, a, an opportunity that we could we could, uh, you know, do this ag again or or maybe get other uh, people to join in a conversation and share ideas about it. I think that would be super to help draw more awareness uh, about the event. So, uh, Diane, go for your closing thoughts, please. Well, I just really want to congratulate Nick and Angela for pulling this together and for expressing love because that's what comes across. Uh, you can't do something like this. Americans have become very divided, not because we are divided, but all of the algorithms in our social media and uh, the mainstream media are designed to make people think that we have these insurmountable differences. And while we're busy fretting about these seemingly insurmountable differences, the teensy minority of billionaires are going to get us all killed. So I really appreciate the spirit in which the, this is organized. And I say that also because I want people really to come to, to be there, to join us there and um, contribute and make it a success. I can say having been on a number of campuses in New York State, there seems to be no anti-war movement among students, although younger people really care very much about this. And I'm hoping um, there's some younger people in the city around my campaign. I'm hoping we'll have a lot of younger people from the New York area coming down. Uh, you know, if I were young, I would hope to be alive for another 70 or 80 years at least. Obviously a nuclear war could really ruin that. So I, I'm really pleased that I was able to be here tonight and promote this. And I think we should hope we have a government that can do more than um, defend us from weather balloons. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is for sure. That is for sure. Uh, Nick, uh, your, your clothing, closing thoughts as well, please. Well, thanks for having us on, CJ. Yeah, it's so important that we oppose this, that we dismantle uh, this military empire that has been built up in the United States since the Second World War and disabuse these, you know, insane billionaires and military contractors and Congress people who are getting kickbacks of this ridiculous notion that the United States is somehow going to remain or even should remain the world's sole global hegemon, you know. Uh, back at the end of the Second World War, the United States, which, as Truman said, 
if if the Russians are winning, we should support the Nazis. If the Nazis are winning, we should support the Russians. The U.S. goal was essentially to see the rest of the world in ruins, you know, and guess so that it could emerge as the as the world's next superpower. Well, guess what? It succeeded. And since then, we've built up this military apparatus that is just consuming the country. $858 billion approved in the 2023 military uh, budget. And so that's more, uh, more than half of the discretionary uh, fund. So half of every dollar that the government spends in, in its discretionary spending is going to war. And then you're adding on top of that another $100 billion while people are suffering without a place to live, without shelter, without food without healthcare in this country. It's a complete travesty. And so that's why we need to end that essentially. And I also, you know, the last thing I want to say is that as Diane and uh, Helga with the Schiller Institute and so many people are so good at pointing out, uh, the choice is today on the other side of this kind of uh, economy of death and destruction, we have the potential that we could create a world that provides for everybody, meets everybody, you know, houses everybody, provides food for everybody, clean water for everybody. You know, we could really move beyond the age of scarcity. And that would be an incredible transition as humanity, but it's going to take a reinvention, a recreation of our global security and development systems away from this kind of conflict and uh, and, and competition-based system that pits nations against each other and mm -hmm. allows just a tiny bit of corporate, a tiny amount of number of corporations controlled by a tiny number of billionaires to run everything for profit. Yeah, yeah, very well said. Uh, Diane and also uh, Nick, want to thank you both uh, for a great conversation tonight. And again, for our listeners, if you haven't not done so yet, Go to the description of this video. There you will find the links uh, to the main website, to the uh, RageAgainstTheWar.com. Uh, also, their links to their their social media handles: uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, let's 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 uh, take an individual effort to to share this live stream to you know get people actively involved and to share this message. So, I uh, want to thank you both so much for a great conversation tonight. I appreciate your hard work and your efforts, and and anything that I can do to help, uh, please don't hesitate to ask. Thanks. Thanks, CJ.